Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. So cute. Well, we are wrapping up family month. If you're new with us, every single year we take the entire month of August and we become one church completely. We bring all of our kids and our youth, our middle school, our high school, we're all together as one. And this year's theme has been Ohana. Uh, One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite messages that have been given in and through this time was uh, through Tyler and Tommy. They certainly did a a fun job, a creative job with it. But I think they did a fantastic job with that word kindness. And it really stuck with me. Kindness, not niceness. And they talked about the story of Joseph and they tied it into Romans 2, Romans 2, that it is God's kindness that has led us to repentance. And so it really made a, a good impact uh, for me, and it's, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. What's, what's something for you out of, out of a message, out of a word? What's resonated with you? Yeah. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I, uh, I loved that Damien uh, shared with us about honor. I think in our, our culture, that's something we can all continue to grow in and pay attention to, but I loved uh, the point that he made about letting your kids see you do it. That was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I know in my own home, uh, in my own life, it's one thing to, to tell, to teach my kids, but it's another thing to show them and how I live. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and then I, I love that we are doing family month, but talking about family within family month. Um, so I think uh, even as before we get into the fall, before we get into September, we go, how are we going to do that? Whatever comes our way, uh, whatever comes to us uh, in the world and what the Lord brings, um, we want to go about that as family. We want to operate as family together. So spending some time kind of working through what that looks like, I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that that's an emphasis for us as a church and and a true emphasis deep within. Hebrews 2.11 says... So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy, who of you is that you? The ones he makes holy, who of you is that you? How many here, right? You are set apart, you are sanctified, you are made holy because of him and the work that he's done. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father, right? NIV says the same family, This is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters because he has done that so, so much to create the family of God. I love that. So as we have uh, done this series, we've talked about family and given definition to that that nucleus as well as the broadening uh, extension of God's family. We've talked about kindness, loyalty, and honor. And today we're talking about the pinnacle of them all, the foundation for all of those. And uh, it is absolutely necessary to have love. You cannot have a family without love. How many of you know that firsthand? Right? You've seen the, the good and the bad, right? If it's not there, how things fall apart. You cannot have a family without love. As the Christians uh, in the early church lived this out and they loved one another and were obedient to Jesus' calling, the Roman world looked on this oddly. They thought this was 
very strange that they would call one another brother and sister beyond blood and how they lived out caring for one another. It was strange. They even came to some explicit conclusions about why, what, how. Nonetheless, it has continued to change the world as Christians have loved, loved. It is the most powerful of them all. So, so here we are. Here we are. Love. That's what we're covering today. Let's talk about love. The world loves love, doesn't it? And I don't just mean the secular world, but just our world. I love love. Pat loves love. Love think, it. Love it. I think you guys love love. Love is everywhere. It, it's in movies. It's in songs. It's in billboards. It's maybe the most written about, sung about, pursued, sought after part of being human. There's so many different directions we could go today to, to study and understand that. Um, we have the Greek, right? The Greek language that unpacks different facets to better understand the bigger picture of love. There's uh, love languages, there's studies and pictures and charts, but I thought, man, the best place to start today would be to hear what a six and seven year old have to say. So these are my kids. I love those guys. <laughs> Judah's the oldest, and then Eden, they're hugging. That's rare. And then uh, <laughs> Noah is the youngest. And I asked the three of them this question. How do you love someone? And Noah said, Daddy working? So we'll come back to her in a couple of years and get another answer. Uh, but Judah and Eden said, you love someone by helping them, by sharing with them, by giving them space, by being kind to people you see, by being obedient. And I think we have a, a slide with, with those on there as well. But aren't those good answers? I thought they did great. Mm -hmm. I put them up here though because I wanted you to see what I noticed. These are all action oriented, right? Certainly they come from a, a place in the heart. They come from um, a motivation of affection, but these are displays of love, love in action. And I was thinking about this, that love, even in its simplest form, needs to be displayed, not just felt, for it to impact the other person. As I was thinking about that immediately, I was thinking of Romans 5, 8, for God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Imagine, though, with me for a second, that if God loved us and how he felt about us, but never displayed that love, where would we be at, right? And the best part is he is God regardless. He did not have to do that, but he chose to. <laughs> I love that. My God displays his love. Mm-hmm. And he did that and does that through Jesus, his death on the cross, his life and resurrection, and through his church. So as I think about that question for myself, how do you love someone? When I navigate a question like that, I like to reframe it um, and put it back towards Jesus. How did Jesus love people? What did he do? What was the model that he left for us? Well, as we just read in Romans 5, 8, he died for us, for you, for me. He healed, he listened, he cast out demons, he forgave sins, he taught, he built relationship, he made disciples and washed their feet. 
He taught them to love. He shared his ability to love by equipping his disciples with his spirit and said, now go do as I have done and even greater things. He said, you will be known by the way that you love. And now as disciples of Jesus in 2021, these things are true of us as well when we join our life to him. But listen to how Jesus takes this even a bit deeper in Matthew 20, verses 25 and 28. The disciples are uh, frustrated again as they're trying to figure out their place in eternity um, and who will sit where. And Jesus calls them together. He said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. His disciples and you and I as his family, when we join our life to his, are totally set apart, right? And he says, you will be known by the way that you love and you will be different. We will be different, Pat and I. We're working on being different, that we will serve one another. See, I think loving someone, especially over time, looks a lot like serving I think it's hard to separate the two. And I think we get a picture of that when we think about Hebrews 1. It says that Jesus is the express image of the unseen God, right? Of perfect love. This is who our God is. And Jesus is the express image of that to the world. And what did he do? He came to serve. If you look up that word that Jesus used in Matthew 20 there for serve, it simply means to attend to anything that may serve another's interests, to minister to them. And I was like, man, that sounds a lot like the stuff my kids said. Mm -hmm. It's just love expressed in action, not just felt, but displayed. So now that we have a bit of a working understanding of love, um, Today we're talking about love binding family, right? Binding family together. Let's see what Apostle Paul has to say about this love that binds family in Colossians chapter two. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. We're gonna have it up on the screen as well. The context here is that Paul is writing to the church. He's not writing to a random group of people, but of God's family and Ohana in Colossae. And this is what he says in verses two and three. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. So Paul wants this ohana to be unified around Jesus, to have confidence together. Right, that God's plan to save, to rescue, and restore them is through Jesus, his life, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. Isn't it interesting then that additionally, he wants them knit together in love? He says it as though it's two parts working together, being unified in Jesus and knit together in love. And you might say, but Josh, isn't Jesus just Jesus enough? And I would say, absolutely but I don't think just knowing about him is. He wants our lives joined to his, 
that we begin to look and act and treat one another the way that he does and did. Paul goes on later to say in in chapter three, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So I was thinking about this and and I I realized how how many of you know people who love Jesus but have had a disagreement that has caused division, sometimes permanent division? Is that right? Can I just? Yeah, (laughs) right? So there seems to be something to this being knit together thing. It seems like just having similar belief systems and doing life in proximity with one another isn't enough, but that it, it is important how we act with one another and how we serve one another in acts of love. All right, I have a little experiment that I need your help. My lovely assistant, Pat Lassard. What are you gonna do to me? Well, I've got two ropes, and what I wanna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them together, and I'm gonna have you pull on one of them, okay? I think I can do that. All right, here, take your end. You pull the yellow, I'll pull the blue. So these two ropes, let's hold them together. They're, they're right next to each other, they're in proximity with one another. They're, they're right up against each other. Now you pull blue, I'll pull yellow, right? I pull blue. Okay. You pull blue, let right. go of yellow, I pull okay. yellow, right? Life starts to pull them apart, there's no connectivity at all. They just separate. Now, when Paul talks about being knit together in strong ties of love, and Jesus says there's no greater love than this, that man lay down his life for his friend, and loving looks a lot like serving, then you get a couple of quick little acts of love, and all of a sudden there's this bond, and now when life begins to pull in different directions, there seems to be something that's holding these two things together. Now, I know this analogy is a little silly and isn't perfect. But I think sometimes we can underestimate the strong bond of love and how it knits and weaves our hearts together. I didn't tie 17 knots in this rope. I did one, and it totally changed the relationship of how the two functioned together when they were separated. They were going in complete opposite directions and yet stayed together. So... You might be thinking, as we're going through this, um, as I was processing this, right, uh, I might need to work on my expression of love. And maybe there's someone in my world that I need to express love to. I need, I need to step out in, but I don't know what to do next. I have great news. You're not left alone to figure it out. Jesus is still awesome, and he still leads us even in this. In just a few verses later from where we were in Colossians chapter 2, Paul says this, And now, just as you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. So Paul wants his ohana to be knit together and unified, and then he gives them an action plan. He says, follow Jesus. Let your roots grow down into him. I want to share with you just a a snippet um, of of part of my story and um, some of the the journey that the Lord has, has had me on. So 
I was born into a Christian home, um, and both of my, my parents were working in uh, the Christian music industry when I was born, and then my dad um, was called into full-time ministry as a pastor at a, at a local church, and he served there for 21, 22 years, pretty much the whole time I was growing up. Um, and then, kind of out of nowhere, our family fell apart pretty dramatically. Um, there was some pretty great divide, and I moved out with my dad, and my relationship with my mom was uh, pretty close to non-existent. Um, we operated out of, out of a kind of a place of mess for a lot of years. Um, and about three, four years ago, in this room, we had moved to Washington, right? We're here. I'm here in North Shore. And it's a Good Friday service. And I, I'm, I'm just praying, and Lord, if there's anything in me that is not of you, please, I don't want that junk in here. And he reminds me of this sin when I was 12. I'm like, dude, I'm 30. That was a long time ago. He says, I want you to confess it to your mom. Like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but, but I love you. I trust you. I want to obey you. So I went outside and I called her. I said, Mom, I got to tell you, I feel like the Lord's asking me to confess this to you. And um, so here it is. And I'm sorry, I'm not this guy anymore. Um, Jesus changed me. And she said, thank you for telling me and immediately responded and said, I need to tell you something I've never told anyone else. And what happened is there was a new knit, a new tie, a new bond of love. And so being able to follow Jesus into something that I didn't understand led to a new tie of love that now we've been living from since then and seeing that, that restoration. So why does love bind family? Because Jesus binds family. And when we follow him, he leads us in loving those around us like he loves. So let's keep putting ourselves in position to let our roots grow down deep into our King Jesus. I love that verbiage, that knitting together and that rooting in. And I think that story that you shared is, is a phenomenal demonstration of that. I think it's a phenomenal display of being rooted in God's love. As he was spending time with God, exposing himself to the Lord, asking him to speak in, he exposed something that was in the dark and he brought it to light. And then he had an opportunity to step out in faith, trust, belief in his relationship with God, and so he did. He responded to the Spirit of God, and he acted in obedience because being rooted in God's love. And then there was this beautiful interaction and this knitting together, being rooted in God's love. Yeah, and I think one other little kind of bit of wisdom he was showing me in that is, is sometimes... Um, it's following him into an act of love in faith towards a person that you have kind of no of those love feelings towards that can begin to stir those feelings again. That's cool, that's cool. Our everything, as Christians, our everything needs to be rooted in God's love. Our perspectives, our opinions, our perceptions of others, how we see others on the outside, how we see others on the inside, how we view ourselves, how we view our past, how we view our mistakes, our everything needs to be rooted in God's love. 
rooted in God's love. I'm going to go to Ephesians 3. And this too is to the Ohana of Ephesus. This is the family of God in Ephesus. And if you remember, this is Paul writing to the Ephesian church and Timothy is the pastor of the Ephesian church. So in their Ohana, Paul and Timothy's, to the Ohana of Ephesus, this is written. Verse 14, when I think of all of this, talking about what Rick shared, what was read about uh, chapter one, verse five, being adopted into his family, chapter two, being saved by grace through faith, chapter three, that the church is God's display of his wisdom and the gospel and his plan. Okay, so verse 14, when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything and in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness and life and power that comes from God. Roots rooted in God's love. Here's a picture of roots. This is a tree being rooted. There's a couple parts to this. There is what's seen, then there's what's not seen. Roots are not seen. Roots are hidden. Roots are not visible. Roots are below the surface. They are deep within, like your heart. Like your heart, deep within, where Christ dwells within, deep within. No one else can see it. Sometimes we get glimpses of the depth of one's roots, how rooted they are in Christ. We get some glimpses here and there, but by and large, God alone knows the depths of your roots, the condition of you being rooted in him. And then there is what is seen, right? What the roots support and provide support for. Everything that is visible, the trunk, the tree, the leaves, the branches, flowers on some, and fruit, right? On display, what is seen. Now, what is above the surface is made possible because what is below the surface and the health of what is below the surface is contingent upon years, years, maturity, depth, health, right? All of those play a factor to what's above and beyond and visible to others, okay? So there's three purposes that roots provide, okay? Three purposes that roots provide. They help draw in, they take in, they anchor down, and they support upright. Roots, what do they do? They take in, they anchor down and they support upright. Here's a picture of some food, a lighthouse, and a man hunched over. I picked food, that's, look at that, how good does that look? Mm. 
Oh my goodness, everybody loves that, don't, don't you? Sushi, sashimi, escalar, homachi, miso. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm the one preaching, so I get to pick the picture. When you're preaching, you get to pick the picture, okay? I even have some roots on there. I have some ginger there, right? Take in. Roots provide, right? Take in. Take in nutrients. Take in sustenance. Take in everything that you need in order to live. In order to live, take in. You being rooted in Christ provides the conduit to take in God's love. It is through Christ that you are rooted into God's love and are able to take in the necessary nutrients in order for you to live. Take in. It's an essential part. Now there's all these different nutrients, right, and elements. The word of God, the spirit of God, your communication tool to him called prayer, right? The people of God. God uses all of those nutrients in Christ, through Christ, to be taking in life, also known as God's love. Take in. Roots take in. And they also anchor down. That is a true picture of a lighthouse with wind and waves and storm bearing down, right? Life is hard at times. Life is painful at times. Life hurts at times. Life is scary at times. And if you are not rooted in Christ, in God's love, you can be swept away and destroyed. You will be, at the end of life, swept away and destroyed. God appeals to you to be rooted in his love in such a way that you would be sure and secure as you're grounded in him and his love that regardless of what happens, the temptation, the distractions of life, the stress, the pressure, the persecution, the frustration, the heartaches, the grief, the sorrow, the the suffering that happens in life, you will be grounded and you will be able to survive not just limp along, right? Which leads to our next picture here too, but being able to be secured upright. This picture, I picked this one because this person is consumed by their problems, right? They are being crushed, right? They are being consumed by the world. And what you do, what I do, when things are hard, I look down and I get stuck this way and I get myopic on my problems, in the presence of my problems, and it is consuming. Anybody ever been there, done that? What the opposite of this is, is fixing your eyes up, and lifting your chin up, and getting your head above the problems, right? And so we are able to do that because we have a God who is bigger than all of our problems right? He is greater and better and more powerful than anything that we face. And he is an empathetic high priest. So he understands exactly what we're going through. Been there, done that, he says. I get it, he says. And so he calls us to not be consumed by our problems and let our problems or struggles or past define us, but allow him to 
We were singing about that just a few minutes ago, right? But as we're rooted in his love, taking in, anchored down, and secured upright, we get to walk in that security of who he is, of what he's done, of who we are in him. Amen? Mm. And only in faith do we get a step in that, right? By the power of the Spirit being rooted in God's love, do we get a step in that? Here's the question. How are your roots doing? How are your roots doing? How how do you know how your roots are doing, right? How do you know how your roots are doing? I'm going to ask this question. Are you growing in love? Are you growing in love? Or are you growing in sin? Are you growing in sin? Are you growing in arrogance? Are you growing in you're right, others are wrong? Are you growing in divisiveness? Are you growing in fear and anxiety? Are you growing in hate? Are you growing in separation? Or are you growing in self-control of your thoughts, of what comes out of your mouth or your fingertips, or what goes into your mouth? Are you growing in self-control? Are you growing in patience, not just tolerance? Are you growing in patience? Are you growing in kindness, not niceness? Are you growing in compassion? Are you growing in sacrificial giving? Are you growing in love? How are your roots doing? I wanna share a story from the spiritual family of an act of love that impacted me and grew me in love. Uh, This gentleman's named Mark Cornelius. Uh, He is, gosh, I love that guy. He is an amazing man. I am so grateful for him. Uh, He's discipled me in many ways over the years. Um, So this story comes out of a bad habit. Have you ever had a bad habit? Anybody currently have bad habits? All right. One of the ones that I picked up uh, along the way in my broken teenage years was smoking. And I tried to quit as I came to Christ and tried to walk in that freedom. I tried to quit and I kept going back. I tried to quit and I kept going back. And you get it over and over and over. And in that, Satan really spoke to me and I really embraced those lies that I was my problems. I was bad. I'd never figured out. I was never good enough. I wasn't a good Christian. I'm a screw up and all sorts of other condemnation and shame. Over and over and over again. And it was consuming. I was that bent over guy, right? Might as well have been, right? And I reached out to Mark one time and I said, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. You know, just please, what do you think? Pray for me, help me. And he said, Romans 8.1. I said, what do you mean? He said, Romans 8.1. Let's talk about that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
So we talked about it. I didn't quit immediately the next day, right? I still stumbled through that because there was this laying off of old thoughts and beliefs and those lies that had been so consuming of condemnation and how bad I was and guilt and shame. And I had to embrace the new truth that there was, because of being rooted in God's love, therefore now no condemnation for me. In the midst of my failures, in the midst of my imperfections of walking out following Christ. And so as I walked that out, I was able to embrace that. And it's been 19 years since I've had a cigarette. Thank the Lord. Praise God. But what was even better than that is what grew in my heart. The love of God grew in my heart for compassion and grace upon grace upon grace for others who are stuck in sin and lies and struggles. And that beautiful fruit has manifested itself in a way that I've been able to share it with others that have been stuck in sin and guilt and shame and all that self-condemnation, right? Lies of the enemy. And as I've been able to share that fruit, they've been able to taste and see that the Lord is good and be able to embrace that grace for themselves. And it has continued to materialize love. Love. How are your roots doing? How are you growing in love? Mm. I love that. How are we growing in love? And if, if love binds family together and growing in that love looks like growing with Jesus and being rooted into his love, how do we go about pursuing him together as a family? Um, I know really practically, uh, at, at my house with my kiddos, we really love um, the Jesus Bible storybook. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but um, I love the way that it, it makes the scriptures readable for my age kiddos. Um, so if you have those age kiddos, check that out. Um, but sometimes what we'll do is we'll read a little bit to learn and get to know who, who Jesus is, what is the truth about him, and then we'll respond. And we'll do a couple worship songs together. And in our church Ohana, in our spiritual family Ohana, what we do, it, some of it looks just like this, where we come together and we share testimony with one another and we sit together in the presence of the Lord and we open up his word and get to know him, but we don't just do that with the word, we do it in the context of relationship with him and with one another. And so we respond. We respond in song, we respond in giving, we respond in our action, we respond in prayer. And then we ask for his help. You know, I think, I think he does a lot of that work. We keep putting ourselves in position to go, you are the one leading, not mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So take me by the hand and lead me in growing in your love. And so one of the things that we do here at North Shore is we do want to respond. We don't want to just hear from him and figure out what we want to have for lunch but we do wanna respond. And today, uh, a lot of times we respond through song. Today, we're just gonna respond um, in prayer. So uh, I'm gonna invite us to stand um, as, we, as we close, but I'm also gonna invite the, uh, the prayer team uh, to come forward. And if you're in a position today um, where you wanna grow in love, but maybe you're not even sure what that next step looks like, I would encourage you, um, when we close, come forward. We've got people that would love to pray with you and to talk with you about that. Um, I'd love to close today just praying over us as a family. Mm. Jesus, we love you. 
We thank you that you started this conversation. You started it with your love. For any of us in this room or even a thought, you died on the cross for us. You set the example, you set the model. And so we come before you and recognize you've created this thing as family. You've made it so we can bind together and we ask, would you lead us in growing in love? Whatever may come, that we would be found rooted and grounded in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, we love you guys, North Shore. Hope you have an amazing weekend and I believe there are cookies in... Somewhere out in the lobby to celebrate Damien? Go find a cookie. You're going to find a cookie and celebrate Damien. (laughs) Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Sunday.